Broadcasting to New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Sydney, London, and around the world, this is Trumpet Radio Live. Thanks for joining us here on Trumpet Radio Live on 101.3 KPCG. This is the weekend edition. Dwight Falk and uh, Grant Turchin with you today. Lots of stories to uh, look at, including a few business notes. Also, the top 30 most polarizing brands. Uh, lots of brands out there that really have uh, favorability or uh, among certain groups. So we'll take a look at uh, some of those brands. A lot of them are media related, if you can uh, believe that. Also, uh, continuing to look at a really important topic, friendships. How to deepen and improve friendships. That and more this edition of Trumper Radio Live. is Trumpet Radio Live. Thanks for joining us here on Trumpet Radio Live at 101.3 KPCG online at kpcg.fm. We have a live link at thetrumpet.com. And lots of people like to listen online. Uh, and uh, I'm Dwight Falk, Grant Turgeon, here with you today. I was telling Grant here before we came on the air that uh, uh, we have quite a few new listeners, which is nice. Uh, we can kind of We can kind of check see who's listening and uh quite a few new listeners uh, checking in so uh, hopefully they're enjoying the programming here at kpcg it's good to see hopefully people are spreading it around by word of mouth that's usually the best way to do it if you give someone a decent experience then they can just go tell other people how much they enjoyed it tell your friends and we're talking about friendships today a little <laughs> later on uh we're continuing on this uh, really good article about how to deepen your friendships and uh there's all kinds of weird ideas out there about friendships but uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> you were telling me, though, before we came on the air also, and you're very excited about this. Uh, well, the NFL, of course, has had some ratings uh, concerns. Ratings have been down, and then um, uh, even the uh, advertisers uh, are not spending as much. So that's the big issue with the NFL. Uh, and so now Vince McMahon of the WWE fame uh, or infamy, he, he's going to go with this XFL. Which he did before at some point, and uh, but then it didn't work out. I guess and now it's, it might be coming back. Twenty twenty, you said officially, and so you're really hoping for a local XFL team here in the the Oklahoma City area, or even better, the Edmond area. Hopefully, because uh, if if we're in any way willing to uh, maybe up our taxes just a little bit to pay for a stadium, I would I would gladly get in on that and buy season tickets as soon as they came here. I don't know. Just I remember when I was a kid, the, the only year they had it was two thousand one. I was like. I was eight years old. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like this because it wasn't the main league and it was just like all these guys just playing their, their hearts out, just, just trying to, you know, get a name for themselves basically. Yeah. Well, who knows? We'll see what happens. But the, the NFL, it seemed like it had, uh, uh, you know, a really strong hold on viewership, but now that's starting to weaken. So maybe there's another market there. They did face some backlash because, uh, they weren't going to play this uh, this ad for the veterans, I believe, and so they, they faced quite a backlash for that during the, the Super Bowl. They weren't going to uh, run the ad, but now they've kind of backed off, and I guess they're going to run some sort of ad or, or some sort of uh, promo about Medal of Honor winners or something like that. So they're trying to kind of kind of straddle the fence. You know, money is the issue at the end of the day, and even I was reading recently, ESPN now is is thinking about maybe backing off the politics and just getting back into sports if you can imagine it which is what they are 
because uh, they're losing viewers. People are getting turned off by the the political talk. They said unless it obviously very directly intersects, there there might be a time where it does. But um, you know, when when the money starts to dry up, then people really start thinking about changing their viewpoints. Right. I mean, they need to get rid of that undefeated segment of their website, which is all about identity politics basically intersecting with sports i mean they just had an article about how the golden state warriors are the wokest team in all of history which no one cares i mean it's wokest is not a word it doesn't mean anything and yet they just try to talk about how socially conscious all these athletes are it's always a radically left viewpoint though if you've noticed you never hear anyone with anything near a conservative outlook speaking up well it's it's kind of like uh, it's just peer pressure, right? It's flavor of the month. I mean, if you if if it's considered the popular thing to do to be uh, an activist of some kind, then a lot of people are. But as soon as that's not popular or you know cost you in some way, then people back off usually pretty quick on that. So I don't know. It's 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 interesting to see. But uh, I think uh, somebody made a great statement a while back. We've talked about before where they said you know they really liked. I forget the two items. There's two food items they liked. But they didn't like them together. <laughs> right. and tuna were, and ice cream, wasn't it? Tuna and ice cream, yeah. <laughs> and they they like sports. They were interested in politics and world news, but they didn't want those two things on the same plate. And I think that makes sense. It is it is naturally revolting, uh, at least to me. Every time I see the, the two things mixing, it's just kind of a, a really gross mixture. You feel bad even reading about it. Like The whole time you're going through the article, it's, you're just thinking, why did I even click on this? It just makes me angry. Yeah, I think what really attracts a lot of us uh, to sports, especially when you know we were younger, is uh, you know it's just the the kind of the joy of of playing it, and then and then looking up to people that were just really good at the sport, and they really worked hard to be good at it, and most of what you would learn about them related to them playing that particular sport, and uh, you know just they they were kind of heroes in that way, and but once they start throwing out a bunch of opinions about things that in a lot of cases they really just don't know a lot about. That's where I think it gets kind of yucky for people, you know? Uh, and that's not to say, I, I know some people would say, well, um, but they're more than just athletes, you know? Well, no, nah, yeah, sure. Of course. But that's what, that's what they're paid for. Uh, you know, if you, if you want really good political commentary or something, there are people that are really quite sharp at that and, and that's their job. And, and it's worth maybe looking at what they say or, or, uh, you know, news analysts, but just the guy that's good at a particular sport, I'm not all that interested in his opinion about something he really doesn't know about. Um, I'm interested in his opinion on sports and on the game that he's playing and that he's an expert at. But if I want if I want in-depth political insight or something, there, there's pretty good analysts out there to pay attention to uh, first and foremost. Well, this trend of athletes speaking out about social and political issues is just confounding logically because uh, a big part of what they're saying is that you know, there are systems in place that make it impossible for minorities to succeed in this country. Meanwhile, they're making multiple, multiple millions of dollars. Lots of uh, different uh, political thoughts there and social thoughts that come out. But uh, uh, some people, I think, are kind of wanting those two things to stay separate, which I can understand. Uh, there's a new report out here from uh, MorningConsult.com, the top 30 most polarizing brands. Things are becoming pretty polarized, I guess. It says the brands with the greatest difference in net favorability between Republicans and Democrats. So people are, uh, they have uh, some pretty strong opinions about uh, what's good and what's not so good. 
we'll go from uh, the bottom of the list to the top as far as least to most polarizing. Uh, number 29, NBC Universal. Uh, uh, number 29 is NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, you could see that. I think every, when I name these, I think we kind of know which side <laughs> goes where. Uh, 28 is HBO. 26 is Halliburton. Uh, <laughs> 26 is uh, uh, Cabela's. Don't know what that is exactly. That's like Bass Pro Shops, pretty much. Oh, okay. Bass Pro Shop. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah the hunting, fishing, yeah. rural community. Uh, number 25 is Starbucks. Oh, by the way, they, uh, they lo- they're not doing quite as well in the U.S. as they were hoping. Uh, there was a report out that their holiday drinks didn't go over as well. And they, they, that was always the big thing. They, people aren't so interested for some reason. But they are booming in China, so they're not, they're, don't, don't worry. They're, they're still doing okay. Uh, 21 is Papa John's, of course, because of the NFL uh, controversy. 21 is the, uh, I believe it's what, Coke Industries, the, that K-O-C-H, those brothers, Coke, Coach. Oh, yeah, it's Coke. I think it's Coke, Coke, yes. Coke Brothers. That's what I've heard, yeah. yeah. Uh, 21, Exxon Mobil. 21's Bass Pro Shops. They're just trying to supply you with hunting and fishing needs. Why does that have to be so <laughs> Why does it have to be so uh, 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 polarizing? But I, I, guess, <laughs> I guess if you live in the city, you just don't do that as much. Uh, 19 is the NBA. That company is considered uh, a very uh, um, much a polarizing uh, uh, business. Tied with uh, Comedy Central. Oh yeah. <laughs> Eighteen is Breitbart. Fifteen is MTV, which I you know I know they're still on the air, but I couldn't tell you a thing that's on that network. <laughs> they used to have music. Now they don't. I don't think. Fifteen is Chick Fil A. Isn't that funny? You look at like a chicken restaurant, and uh, you know it's it's very polarizing. You know between <laughs> where, where people identify politically, it's just chicken sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> but everything's uh, political, I guess. Yeah, they're not open on Sunday, and then I I think they maybe their owner came out and said he's not for. Uh, same-sex marriage so there's mm. a couple things beyond just the chicken involved there <laughs> but it, come on it's delicious chicken. it is you can't really avoid that <laughs> uh, if we could agree on one thing can't we agree on the chicken uh, number 15 is cbs again this is a list of uh, the top 30 most polarizing brands according to a morning consult going going back to chick-fil-a i uh, heard i heard um yesterday that the the new georgia stadium that has the the falcons and that united yeah. soccer team uh it's Chick-fil-A, I guess it's, uh, what do you call that? It's Chick-fil-A stand. Wasn't even open for seven out of the eight Falcons games this year. Right. And yet it still sold more than any other stand in the entire stadium. Really? So even without all of those big events that, that it was closed for, it, uh, it still was by far the most popular. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. People just love Chick-fil-A. I mean, even if you don't agree with what the owner says why should that keep you from eating something that's that delicious <laughs> you know that's got to be a sort of a moral dilemma for some people you know they're they're <laughs> them and their peer group sort of identify as more on the liberal side right well, but then they sneak over and get a chicken sandwich <laughs> make sure no one else sees them <laughs> don't tell anybody where you got it from yeah uh number 15 uh company is cbs 14 time magazine 13 huffington post 12 bet 11 Fox Business, 10 Washington Post, 9 CBS News, 8 ABC News, 6 the NFL. That's not a list they want to be on as far as a polarizing companies. Number tied with that is MSNBC. Number five is New York Times. Uh, third is NBC News, uh, tied with Fox News, also at number three. And then number two is CNN. And number one, the most polarizing brands, uh, Trump Hotels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put your name on it, I guess. <laughs> People are going to kind of stay or not stay. Wow. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know that that would ever 
I don't know. I don't know that I would I would care too much about that. I suppose maybe if there was a, a an individual that was really had a pretty bad reputation and their name was on it, maybe I'd avoid it. But I, I don't know. If it's a nice place, I don't know that I'd worry too much. Well, right. He's synonymous with, you know, luxury and wealth and just living the American dream and becoming a great success. So if you stay in a hotel like that, you're obviously going to experience some of those similar factors, at least for a temporary amount of time. Uh, I've stayed in one of his hotels one time, and it was just fantastic. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be there. Like, I don't think you're going to see him <laughs> yeah. or have to deal with him, you know, in any way. His but. workers love him, too. That's what you always hear is that all these people from those who bring your meals up to your room to those who are back in the kitchen cooking the meals or just uh, waiting on the different rooms and, and cleaning them up, they all they all have said that when he comes by in person, he's actually a quite a pleasant person but you won't really hear people reporting on that yeah you're not going to have success unless you you kind of know how to do a few things it's just you have to be personable in some way i mean you can't just alienate everyone around you yeah speaking of alienation this on the on the news today also is just you know they had these tax cuts come through and uh, a lot of companies are passing down pretty good bonuses to their employees i think even home depot they're giving a thousand dollar bonus to every employee there and uh, it really, it really hurts. I think the Democrats because they've come out and said, "Oh, that those tax cuts are just crumbs." Well, but but these are everyday, hardworking people. That a thousand dollars means a lot. I mean, if anybody, any of us, we get a thousand dollars. That's something. And then to have people, you know, that are obviously doing better. I guess they're the more elites to sit there and, and scoff at the crumbs. I just don't think that's very relatable. Yeah, and it definitely condemns the Democrats when. Uh, a group like Disney, which is behind ESPN and ABC, even admits that its bonuses that are going out now are because of the Trump tax tax cuts. I mean, that's you would think of all places that maybe they would not want to divulge that information or divulge the source of where that extra money for the bonuses is coming from, but they even are saying that it's because of the Trump tax cuts. It's uh, it's helping people out at least temporarily. So you know that's that's always nice. Uh, here's a uh, interesting little survey that the Daily Mail reported on. Uh, the West, the sorry, the West, the worst and best <laughs> possible U.S. states to live in, as far as uh, whether people are content and satisfied. So, kind of interesting list is from Gallup. They did these polls. What do you want to hear first, the worst or the best? <laughs> the worst. <laughs> the worst. Give them the worst. These are the. I, top looks like uh what here five or so we'll go from uh bottom to top so the top one being the the worst possible state to live in now you know we have listeners in all these states so i these states all have great places probably and then have some places not so good but this is just what gallops let's see if we even agree with this yeah uh they have mississippi oh come on i love mississippi (laughs) i've never been to mississippi i've been there a few times it's really nice uh louisiana Come on. That one's a good one, too. <laughs> I, don't, I think they polled the people in the states. So I, that's, I think that's, that's not very nice. Uh, this is a third from the top worst possible U.S. state to live in, according to Gallup, Rhode Island. Hmm. Never been. Never been over there. That was actually one that um, it would be pretty nice to stop through. If you went on a northeast vacation, you could hit so many states in one. I was looking into that recently. I mean, wow, you could really just like spend a few hours in one state and then literally go into another state easily yeah so they're so uh, close uh second is a uh, connecticut so i don't know I, I wouldn't think that one will be on there but the the worst state according to uh 
uh, the Gallup poll, and I think it's from people that live in those states, is uh, Illinois. Hmm. So I think uh, they've had some problems with the economy and pensions, and and uh, Chicago's had some violence. So right. I mean, I have spent a fair bit of time there, and um, you know, there's it's like any let's say if you look at Chicago, I mean, it's it's like any big city. It's got some really really neat spots, but you got to just be careful where you go. And this list does just underscore that it's very different to live in a place than it is to just go there on vacation or just be passing through. I mean, we might have enjoyed these places, but we don't know what it's like to live there on an everyday basis, I guess. Yeah, depends on your your situation, I guess. Uh, Okay, so here are the the states where people are the most satisfied, and that's kind of what they're looking at, um, the most satisfied in these states. Uh, New Hampshire. Hmm. The Badger State, Wisconsin where I'm from originally, Iowa, Minnesota, North Dakota, Texas, Wyoming, Colorado, and number one is Utah. Those where the people are the most satisfied. So I guess that's kind of the criteria that they're looking mm. at. You know, In some of those states, there's not as much to do. I mean, obviously, if you go to North Dakota, it's a little bit limited on your options. <laughs> but uh, people say they're satisfied living in those areas. So oh. I don't know. Make Make what you will of it. Yeah, I think a lot of that just has to come down to a state of mind. I mean, it, you know, even the Bible says to be content in whatever state you're in, actually. <laughs> literally. Does, I just thought of that. But uh, even literally, yeah, if if you're just happy and content and at peace, then it doesn't really matter what state we're living in, especially especially here. I mean, we, we're in the greatest nation in the whole world. I honestly couldn't tell you a state that I would just hate to visit or hate to settle down in. Yeah, I've, I've very rarely, every state I've been in, it's got its pros and cons. Yep. You know, you've got things where you're like, oh, that's really neat. And then some areas are a little a little rougher. But it is interesting when, uh, you know, people always want to be happy. They're trying to discover happiness. And so this is actually a booming area in the uh, book market, the literature market. They're looking for the happiness book. Uh, no one's talking about the Bible, but okay, mm. we're talking about other <laughs> books here. And uh, these are the titles uh, that define the foreign lifestyle manual trend. So this is the trend. It's like the foreign lifestyle manual. Now, that's happening a lot where people are looking to other regions of the world say, say, tell us about how you live. It happens in religion. You know, yoga is very popular, things like that. And uh, all kinds of things. And so they're looking at other areas to try to determine how to be happy. And then this is a really big area in... Um, in books and book sales. And so for the, the the people that are trying to find the new book to sell, they are looking for the next big one in this genre. Um, apparently one of the biggest ones was the title was the life changing magic of tidying up. The first step to a happier, more meaningful existence is organizing your home one category at a time. So that's, I mean, at some level it sounds like that's not a bad idea. So I, I have not read any of these books, but but that was the one that really took off and people really loved it. It's kind of that following, I think, sort of on that minimalist uh, trend of cleaning up your house and kind of getting your life organized. That's an extremely relatable topic to probably uh, most of us, just just considering the number of times that we're looking for something specific, whether it's a document or just like a, a knickknack that we happen to need in the moment. And we, we had to look for it for like half an hour. I mean, it would it would definitely save time and give you a lot of peace of mind if you just knew where different things were. Uh, that's That's been like a frustration of mine for quite some time. Just if, if something's not organized enough, you can't really 
I don't know. You just can't really be as productive as, as you want to be in any area. Yeah, we spent actually last part of last weekend trying to get more organized and clean up, and we, it felt great. And we had a I think a better week because of it. So I think there's some sort of benefit to that. Uh, another book that's uh, kind of popular as far as trying to become happy is the little book of of uh, Heige, I believe it is H Y G G E. Danish Secrets to Happy Living. Improve each day with injecting coziness <laughs> with candlelit dinners and snuggly movie nights. So <laughs> the whole idea <laughs> of this is you need some cozy time. They said think of warm drinks and uh, woolen socks. <laughs> so apparently it makes the people happy over there because it's cold. You know, you got to gotta be inside, I guess. Denmark does seem like a really cozy country or a place where they would uh, definitely prioritize those little, often underappreciated comforts another book is the little book of like i believe it is l-y-k-k-e secrets of the world's happiest people test out best practices for fulfillment from around the globe so you know i think uh, obviously you have to be sort of careful with some of these things because uh while they're they're looking to all these different cultures for the key to happiness and, and there you could hit on a few things keeping clean is a good principle things like that you know, what about the Bible? You know, I know it's still probably considered a bestseller, but you know, do people really look at the the Bible to to learn how to be happy? I think uh, probably not as much as as it should happen because the Bible brings out the fact that you have to follow certain laws that produce happiness, and sometimes those laws go against what you just want to do. So you know, because even even like say the idea of. Uh, tidying up to be happier it's a good thing but how come we have to tidy up in the first place probably because we've spent too much time acquiring things we thought would make us happy we're not happy so maybe if we get rid of them we'll be happy <laughs> so you know there's there's uh uh you can spend a lot of chi- a lot of time chasing happiness instead of just getting to the the root of it and there's no doubt that with all those books in that list if there's anything actually good or beneficial in them, the Bible f- no doubt mentions those things as well right. uh, and yet it doesn't just tell you a physical uh, way to improve your life. It also tells you the the greater purpose for doing so. Two more that are they're trying to get selling here. Legome, the Swedish art of living a balanced, happy life. Everything in moderation means less stress and more time for friends and hobbies. It's a biblical principle, moderation. Mm-hmm. And finally, this one's a little creepy, but um, apparently it's uh, it's taken off. The gentle art of Swedish death cleaning. <laughs> When you know you're, you're, you know, you're not going to live too much longer, they recommend, you know, giving your stuff away, passing it on, cleaning up, getting organized, partly to save your loved ones the uh, job of doing it after you're mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. And uh, they say it kind of helps people just sort of compartmentalize where they are in life. Well, so, that's, that's definitely a weird uh, book title, but you can understand why I guess the subject matter would be worthwhile. I don't, I don't recommend <laughs> buying this and giving it to a relative. It's like almost a threat. <laughs> yeah. Why did you give this to me? Yeah, that might be a little bit, uh, uh, yeah, it might be taking a little odd. But, hey, it's popular. They're they're selling those. So people are looking for uh, ways to be happy, and they're looking to other regions of the world. I also saw a write-up talking about how um, just diet and nutrition. People are trying in some ways to improve that in their lives. And uh, they're saying, well, man, you, you know, you, we need to look at these other cultures and see what they do. And uh, now, in some cases, people might eat a little more naturally in some areas. We're very industrialized here, so there's some problems. But, but again, it, nobody goes back in, in these write-ups to talking about the Bible, which is what our culture is supposed to be built on. 
they do they talk about let's let's see what China's doing or let's see what in this case you know they're doing up in Sweden or somewhere else but uh people should be getting back to the bible for health and for happiness and all these things i mean they make new books every year on this stuff and people read them and 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 uh, then buy the next book but uh the you look at the numbers and and you know happiness doesn't seem to be on the rise that's true and it is like the classic case right here of the grass being greener on the other side when uh, that's almost never actually true. Maybe there's more grass, but it doesn't mean that it's actually better grass in any way. I mean, especially especially talking about the modern descendants of the, the nations of Israel, America, Britain, the Jewish state, uh, they've been more blessed than any nation ever, and it's because of God's involvement in their lives. Uh, for us, of all people, to be turning to other cultures really doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they should be looking... They should be looking to the the culture of Israel, you know, modern Israel, if you know who those nations are. But but sadly, we've gone away from what we should be should be doing. And why not just get back to the root, the foundation of all the blessings that we have right now? I mean, we have more blessings than anybody, but also more curses right now and also more unhappiness than anybody, more ingratitude, despite having all these blessings. Um, the, the reason is because we keep going further and further away from God and thinking that somehow that's going to make us more free. Yeah. And it just ends up with more, more difficulty and then more, more books to sell on happiness. <laughs> it would be interesting to try to write a book on happiness based on the biblical principles, but not tell people that's where it came from mm-hmm. <laughs> to see if people are like, Hey, this sounds pretty great. But the problem, I think the, the, again, the reason that it's more of a difficulty to accept those principles is that it does require changing. It requires some self-restraint and not always doing what you want to do. Mm. And that's hard That's hard for people to take. That's the one uh, caveat that people just can't accept with the Bible. Uh, you tell them all these benefits, or even people who just observe those who are doing things the right way in their lives, they just think it's amazing whenever they see solid families, because that's so rare today. They see people who are genuinely happy and thriving and successful in their lives, and, they, and then they get a little deeper and they wonder well how are how are you enjoying life this much it does it does come down to obedience and then all of a sudden most people back off because they don't want to do that part of it yeah the price of happiness right it's, it's uh there, you got to do some things uh make sure you stop and check out the trumpet.com today the top stories uh, it's a great one the significance of the hezekiah bulla that's by trumpet editor-in-chief gerald flurry the official seal of a judean king holds a moving message for the whole world so uh, amazing find over there in Jerusalem, and uh, it's a really, really important write-up, and, and you can see that, that bullet as well and see the symbol on there. So it's amazing when uh, uh, you, you, they dig over there, and we have a lot of students from Herbert W. Armstrong College digging, even right now, and uh, you pull up things that prove the Bible. You, know, you see names in the Bible, and then you find their seal. Uh, that they used uh, in this case a bulla and uh, it just proves that that history was true and so it is pretty amazing and and uh, there's a lot of depth in this uh, in, in the particular seal that was on this uh, Hezekiah bulla the symbolism yeah the story of King Hezekiah really does point to one of God's greatest blessings which is his protection because King Hezekiah was faced with national destruction and God had to supernaturally intervene in that situation uh, especially today, what blessing could actually be greater than that uh, when you see nuclear proliferation all over the world and 
just famine and disease spreading more more quickly than we've ever seen. Uh, there is really no other solution, even just weather disasters that people try to blame on climate change. All these different curses that are all over the world right now, what, what better uh, solution or what better blessing would there be to have than God's protection from all those things? For sure. Yeah, it's something the, the whole world needs. And uh, so it'll be exciting to see also what uh, what is found in these latest digs. I mean, it's uh, it's always always exciting to see. And uh, there's been a lot that's been found already. Uh, there's a <clears throat> Key of David program coming out next weekend. It's not this weekend, but it, it does go through some of those finds that, uh, that, that uh, Dr. Mazar has found over the past, I forget, it's been 10, 15 years now or more. And it, when you stop and really look at them, there's quite a few very, very significant finds. And it's gotten national at, uh, global attention, but, uh, you know, it's hard to hold the world's attention. They're on to their next thing. But they are amazing finds to stop and consider, and, and they're proof of the Bible. Right. They're, they're, they are finds that prove the, the Bible's total accuracy. I mean, it's hard to even come up with a single archaeologist who has had more proofs of the Bible uncovered than Dr. Elat Mazar, which our college is honored to support her in all of her excavations, pretty much. Uh, and she does look to the Bible as her guide. Is there any way that maybe God's blessing her excavations? Because all, she, all she's doing is simply looking at the Bible, relying on it as an accurate historical document. She's not even really getting into the spiritual aspects, and still God is blessing her tremendously just for believing what the Bible actually says. It's, it's um, some amazing finds, so uh, make sure you read that article. Also, uh, listen for or watch the new Key of David this weekend, the Book of Ruth. It's a new book being offered. God is offering the greatest reward imaginable to a tiny group of people today, and it relates to a specific throne on earth right now. So there's a, a new book that's being offered uh, on Ruth, and uh, make sure you get that and watch the program as well, or you can listen to it. The audio's here. Uh, at kpcg.fm this weekend, and, and you can watch the video at thetrumpet.com or it's on television. And uh, from what I understand, it's a re- very good response uh, this week. Many people calling in. Anytime there's a new book or something, of course, people get very interested. So uh, uh, don't be late before <laughs> supplies run out. Get your uh, get your request in for that. And that's one of just qu- quite a few programs recently that have offered literature that's still in progress or, or still being completed right now, which just shows how... Uh, around the clock, the editorial department's been working to produce these things and to make sure that uh, people are constantly being fed with more and more spiritual truth. Also, listen for the Trumpet Daily Radio Show coming up this weekend. Uh, Richard Palmer filling in today. Your normal host, Stephen Flurry, is over uh, actually in Jerusalem for the weekend, and so we'll have, I'm sure, plenty of updates, I think, next Tuesday or so on uh, on that trip. But uh, today's program is on talking about the end of the age, which is, you know, uh, people talk about that occasionally, but as as uh, Mr. Palmer brings out there, the um, you just look at the news from the last day or two, and a lot of people are considering global war, and it's not, it's not like, you know, far out there type of sources. He's talking about very credible intelligence agencies and people that aren't their, their reputation is based on very practical realistic uh forecasting it's not based on you know clickbait as they say <laughs> and they're talking seriously about okay things are changing in the world and uh you know uh, there is the potential that uh there could be a catastrophe that one of the points brought out was the recent false alarm in Hawaii people took it seriously because it could happen 
<laughs> North Korea shooting off a missile. They do it all the time. What would prevent them? So uh, even very, very well-grounded, I would say very, very uh, conservative thinkers that have quite a bit of experience and insight are looking at the very real possibility of severe problems breaking out in the world. And it's interesting even just to look at Hawaii specifically with that false alarm and how people reacted as compared to just before the Pearl Harbor attack when people were trying to warn of that and uh, basically a lot of the officials in Hawaii were laughing that off like it wasn't a threat and then it actually happened. I mean, today we're, we're not even being attacked and yet people are on more high alert. It just shows you how much more dangerous the times are. You know, one of the most um, probably revealing statistics is about the Hawaii thing, uh, I saw a write-up about this uh, last week, is that after the all-clear was sounded, uh, a particular pornography site saw its highest traffic level from Hawaii ever. Here they all thought maybe they were going to die. They didn't. And so people went and looked at pornography. Really? Wow. That's that. That's um, something that people turn to even after, like, it, there's a lot of studies where people turn to that after their sports team loses. Like, the pornography usage in those areas goes up a lot. I mean, I think that's just an indicator of um, the shallow ways that people will try to maybe take their mind off of a disappointing or a stressful event. Yeah. And then and there were numbers of people going to church, whatever their church is. And, you know, so some people did that. But, uh, you know, you would think that if you really thought you were about to die, I mean, you might stop and really consider your ways a little bit. But if if the a lot of people went to those particular sites and they had the highest traffic ever, uh, what does it take to get people to say, you know what, I, I'm not living the right way here. I mean that that that's the scary thing about that. What what does it take at some point to get people to kind of consider their ways? And yet people try to paint God as just cruel and harsh for uh, the way He treated ancient Israel's enemies as they tried to enter the Promised Land. He instructed Israel to wipe out certain certain nations and cultures that were just doing abominable things. Even now, when there are prophecies of just the worst suffering in human history right around the corner. Uh, people think, well, why would God do something like that? Maybe th- maybe this is why, that people are so stubborn and set in their ways that they will not change unless utter calamity strikes. Well, right, and I mean, that's, that's brought out about, uh, you know, right before the, the days of, right before the flood came, people were just doing their thing because, uh, well, <laughs> they were just caught up in their lifestyles, and then uh, at some point things get too serious to, uh, to, to make that, that change and get out of the maybe the punishment coming for it but that trauma daily radio show today does highlight that that many people are starting to look very very uh very many people in the intelligence communities that uh are looking at uh some very serious uh potential threats that are out there even even uh, i saw a story today about north korea you know they're <laughs> for some odd reason people are kind of warming to them a little bit in the media it seems like and and, uh, you know, well, they're going to kind of be in the Olympics and you know, maybe this is a good thing. And they're going to have a military parade the day before the Olympics. <laughs> you know, come on now. <laughs> they're, they're clearly uh, not backing off. And apparently they told the U.S. to stop trying to throw a wet towel on all the positivity surrounding their Olympic efforts. So uh, they still continue to blame the U.S. despite their clear belligerence. It's unbelievable. I mean, just especially the, the, it's so strange because in the U.S. we sort of talk about how we're, we're really into human rights and all of that. And well, 
they have the worst track record probably, I don't know, of any nation, but certainly uh, one of the worst uh, because of what's happening with the people over there. Um, but somehow that's okay, I guess. It's like we have different standards for different groups of people. Like over here, the standard is so high that we're all allowed to complain about police brutality or income inequality or any of these other things. And yet, meanwhile, other nations in the world literally have labor camps where whole families go to die if any one of them says something bad about the supreme leader. Uh, what is our standard? Why are we even warmer toward that nation than we are toward our own president who's not doing anything nearly that evil at the end of the day we're all human beings and we we should all be uh having some sort of a standard of decency that of course should be coming from the bible if if we all uh, would just turn to that but but why is it that certain groups are held to this impossibly high standard while other ones uh, can basically get away with genocide yeah there's there's a large number of that population in North Korea that that uh, are malnourished or starving. And here we're, we have a lot of employees in the U.S. getting $1,000 bonuses. I mean, they're still, we're still complaining. Right. So, I mean, it's, it is a perspective issue. Yeah, you'd love uh, to see just, I, I think anyone would, just what all these other people in nations around the world must think when they just see us constantly complaining. Like, even even after Christmas, if you didn't get the latest video game console, you got the one that was like from three months ago. Well, that's worth throwing a temper tantrum over, apparently, in a lot of cases. Like just the, the things where we just have become so entitled. We have to have the latest physical material possessions. We have to always be, you know, criticizing law enforcement or criticizing the government until... I don't know. We're we're apparently living in some kind of a utopia. Meanwhile, there are people starving to death. There are people in the middle of uh, deadly civil wars all around the world. People who don't get even close to three meals a day, and we're complaining about pretty much nothing. Well, it's interesting if you just can. However old you might be as a listener, uh, if you consider your lifetime, and and uh, especially if if you know you're forty and under, I guess where there hasn't been a lot of. Uh, war uh, other than if people signed up and went to say Iraq or something but most people have been untouched by that and he, but you look around the world during that time period and some of the things people have gone through you know it's been a it's been a charmed life if <laughs> probably not the right expression a blessed life uh, to say the least for people in the western nations in the mm-hmm. israelite nations yeah it really it really has i mean we've we've had it so much better than anywhere else and yet uh, just our our standard of what to be outraged about is just so upside down we get mad about what someone might tweet and and in the meantime you know there's a thousand abortions a day in the u.s that people don't even bat an eye at what what is the bigger priority what is actually worth taking a stand for and what should we maybe keep our mouth shut about because it's not that important yeah it's, it's about perspective there so uh interesting to look at that and uh look make sure you look at that trumpet daily radio show this weekend also there'll be a new watch jerusalem and a trumpet hour weekend review program so lots to listen to here this weekend on kpcg uh you're listening to trumpet radio live and you can follow us uh on twitter if you'd like to at kpcg fm and any emails you have you can send those to comments at kpcg.fm we appreciate those dwight falk and grant turgeon here with you today we've been looking at this article we looked at it yesterday but it was uh it was so good and so long. We said we need to break this into two days. And it's uh, it's at PCOG.org, which is a great website. A lot of uh, Christian living articles there. And uh, the article is on how to deepen your friendships, uh, 
people like to uh, have good friendships. But uh, as we were mentioning yesterday, if you kind of uh, Google information about friendships or go to the bookstore and look at it, a lot of it is about, you know, uh, it's a very selfish perspective. For example, what do you do when you've outgrown your friendships? Or what do you do, you know, how do you get friends that really give you the most, uh, you know, whatever you're looking for? And it's all a very selfish incoming perspective. And this, this article flips that on its head and says, well, basically, how good of a friend are you? To, or how good of a friend am I to people? And it, it is really interesting and, uh, uh, you know, convicting in some ways because some of it's hard. And so I give some points about how to deepen friendships, and we, we covered a few yesterday, uh, acceptance, accepting people that, you know, we all make our mistakes, of course, uh, being encouraging to others. And then also uh, this next point is uh, disclosure. And uh, it says true friends share themselves. That can be a hard thing to do. You should really share yourself with somebody. Uh, trust issue, I guess. Might get burned. Uh, they can have a, a good laugh or, or a cry in each other's company. They can honestly exchange ideas, opinions, and feelings. And they can even disagree without hurting each other. That's tough. Can you have a disagreement of opinion but still be friends? Yeah. Can, can you have uh, proper disclosure in your friendships? Well, that's something that we don't see in society very much. Disagreement is almost like elevated to the level of sin now. You can't even uh, point out a difference of opinion without somehow engaging in hate speech uh, in the minds of some people. It has gotten really extreme and maybe just better friendships overall or, or more effort to treat people on that type of a level, even even among our acquaintances, uh, it might help a little bit. Yeah, and it, it does bring up a good point here that you know, you probably, before you disclose too much, you probably have to test the waters a little bit and see how the other person responds. You don't want to overshare, you know. Yeah. It takes time. You don't want to meet somebody and feel like, hey, we're pretty good friends and just dump all this this stuff on them. Yeah, <laughs> and, and also, you know, maybe no matter how close we get, we don't want to share all of our sure. deepest, darkest sins <laughs> that would maybe force them to have to bring someone else into the picture. <laughs> right. There's a wis- there's a wisdom there and how much you would disclose. But I think, uh, you know, the, the basic point there of, uh, being able to honestly exchange ideas and, and uh, opinions, it's important. But you bring out a really good point that, yeah, we don't see that in society anymore. You don't see, uh, politically or socially you don't see a healthy debate on anything there are there are issues where there could be two ways to maybe look at it to some extent uh or another perspective that might be worth considering but it just it does uh descend usually into just name calling and and pure hatred from one side to the other if you don't agree with me then you know you're out and uh but no nobody Humanly, I mean, if you're looking at the Bible, that's a different situation. If you're going to the Bible for the answers, and yes, you can find the answers, but just as far as our personal tastes or preferences or something like that, I mean, who, who, nobody's the perfect standard. I mean, we all have some differences there, and and that that can be okay, right? I mean, there is definitely, like you said, there is a lot of hatred going around, and I don't necessarily know all of the personal lives of all of the great leaders of the past, but it would seem like a hundred or two hundred years ago our leaders probably from different political viewpoints would have no problem going out to dinner together or, you know, inviting each other over to each other's homes and and just sharing uh, some, some nice time together and and building bonds like that. Uh, Today, you could hardly ever imagine, you know, like uh, Chuck Schumer and (laughs) Ted Cruz getting together in their own time and, and, and trying to come to some sort of uh, a peaceful, way of dealing with each other outside of their actual jobs. I mean, there's so much division now that 
Democrats believe Republicans are committing mass murder when they disagree with a health care bill. Uh, Republicans obviously believe what they do about people on the left trying to radically undermine and destroy the country. Uh, so it's gotten to the point where everyone's an enemy and there's not really much of a balance there where you could have a disagreement but maybe still treat each other with respect. I think the idea of democracy in its in its greatest operation <laughs> would be where you could have a, di- a a disagreement and then but be civil about it and that's you know that's what people hope for but but it's it's obviously not really that anymore but anyway with our personal friendships uh disclosure is important I mean, because yeah i mean if you're not disclosing anything well, how can people really know you and that that's uh that can be harder for some than others uh another point brought out here about how to have better friendships is uh, the point of loyalty. The write-up says, do you always try to put your friends in the best light around others or do you gossip about them? (laughs) (laughs) Friend, it happens. Friends should never talk behind each other's backs or spread unfavorable information. And and Proverbs 17.9 is used, he that covers a transgression seeks love, but he that repeats a matter separates very friends. And so again, it's not talking about like, a big issue that's being hidden. I mean, sometimes you got to deal with something, but you know, we, we all uh, have our, have our uh, good moments and our bad moments and you don't want somebody out there uh, telling everybody about your bad moments. That's true. Uh, I think we've all heard the argument. Well, if this person didn't want this told about them, they wouldn't have, uh, you know, let anyone see or they wouldn't have done it in the first place. But the reality is we all slip up or we say something wrong in the heat of the moment, or we might, we might do something that we instantly regret that could, affect our reputations for a long time especially if those who saw it just start telling everybody uh, there is a certain value a huge value to just protecting people's reputations why why spread things around just so that you have a funny story to tell at the dinner table when really it could affect the way that everyone else looks at those people yeah and it's interesting because we probably have all been guilty of this but whenever a person is telling a story about somebody else it, it it just happens, and when you're listening to the story, you know you know what the person is doing. But yeah, we all do this. You always put yourself in the best possible light, and the other person in the worst possible right. light. And we all know that that's what happens. But yet, it's so hard to not do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the point about you know gossiping about somebody is that you know are you are you uh, uh, would would you be bringing them up in a, a positive light or a negative light? And even if they did, a person did something that isn't great. You know, there's usually a lot more to the story than just whatever the juicy detail is. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they made a comment, but what what ten comments were made beforehand that led up to it, or what's the context? Those are the things that never come out, and mm-hmm. and 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 that's why it's good to just uh, not even get into it if if you want to be have proper loyalty to your friends. Yeah, that's spot on, and even even just uh, whenever it's good news, sometimes it's important not to spread it around. You know, if uh, maybe. Uh, a friend couple got pregnant and they're not telling people yet you shouldn't go around telling everyone about it or if a friend gets uh hired to another job but hasn't yet told his boss maybe you shouldn't go up and tell the boss that he got another job i mean those are those those are things that would usually be considered great news but there's a time and a place and and usually it's not our place to tell even the good news of other people yeah, that's that's true too. I mean, sometimes it is good news, but it's not not your place to say it. Uh, but and it can really, obviously, if it's betrayed loyalty, it damages friendships mm-hmm. sometimes permanently. Also, it can affect careers. 
if you get kind of a reputation for being the talker around yeah. the office and things <laughs> like that, that can end up being a pretty serious situation. So it, it could have bigger ramifications than, than just uh, friendships. It could, it could, well, I don't know if they're bigger ramifications, but maybe ones that hit in the pocketbook a little more. <laughs> yeah. You never want to be known as the guy who always has the scoop because what that inevitably involves is talking a certain amount uh, to everyone to try to find out the latest bit, bit of information. And, Usually that involves some sort of gossip in some way, and people are going to know that if if you're always just telling everyone the latest information. Well, and then then you get the reputation. You yeah. Know, oh, here comes the <laughs> the the. What da- am I going to learn this time? Here comes the daily news. <laughs> uh, another great point, and really essential point to having deep deep friendships. And again, this is looking at it from the standpoint of what we can offer to other people uh, is uh, honesty. Uh, so as we can all get off track and at times do things that are wrong, self-destructive or hurtful to others. And uh, Proverbs 27 and verse 6 points out that faithful are the wounds of a friend, you know, to where if they're coming to you and giving you some correction uh, or honesty, and they may not be correcting you necessarily, but saying, look, I saw this or you did this and, uh, you know, and you're honest about it, that can be a lot more helpful than acting like it's no big deal, but you have to, uh, you have to be careful in that. But Ultimately, if you're going to be a good friend to somebody, there has to be a certain level of honesty. That's true, and there is there's definitely a really important balance to strike there because sometimes if we just don't don't ever say anything because we think it's not our business, well, that that other person might just continually lower their standard around us because they get the impression that we're fine with whatever behavior is taking place around us, uh, and you don't you don't want them to feel like they're so comfortable with you that they do things around you that maybe would be considered inappropriate or 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 they wouldn't be doing around other people it's hard it's hard sometimes to uh to be honest about things and um because you know usually it's uh it's a differing opinion or it's a <laughs> and, and there could be some controversy there is some conflict uh edward uh, buller linton he's quoted in this article as saying one of the surest evidences of friendship that one individual can display is to another is telling him gently of a fault. If any other can excel it, it is listening to such a disclosure with gratitude and amending the error. So it's a two-way street, you know. It's and it's hard to do. It's hard to do it honestly and gently, and then it's hard to accept it. But 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 those are essential things to uh, any friendship that's going to stand the test of time. I mean, I don't know two people that'll ever agree on every single thing. You know, I don't even agree with myself half the time. So I mean, it's it's hard to do that with uh, with friendships. So you do have to have that honesty, or else at some point it probably is going to be a breakdown. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it definitely would require a lot of prior thought and and hopefully even prayer a lot of the time just to make sure that it's even worth bringing up. I mean, if it's just like a a foible that someone else has that's not even worth mentioning, you could just pray for more patience and not and just and not be bothered by it anymore. But if it is something that that does need being said say just pray for wisdom to say it in the most tact tactful way possible and at, at a certain point you've done all you can in that situation if the other person doesn't take it well despite you really doing it uh, in the most caring loving way possible uh, well that person needs to think about it and come around eventually right the biblical uh perspective there is matthew eighteen fifteen through 17 talking about how you'd go to your brother and like the process you'd go through there. So you can look at that um, uh, if you'd like to. Uh, and finally, uh, as far as something to do to uh, increase and improve friendships is uh, to be dependable as a friend. Being dependable means helping when the need arises 
uh, Scott Adams said, needing someone is like needing a parachute. If they are not there the first time you need them, chances are you won't be needing them again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good quote. That's a memorable one. Yeah, a friend of mine has a a small truck, and every time I need like a piece of furniture moved to my house or something like that, I know I'm able to ask him, and even if it's the day of, he's usually able to go with me right after work and I'll make my I'll have my wife make him dinner and then we'll try just try to repay him in in certain ways but he's always very dependable like that and you you do really appreciate people who are are giving of their time it's just important to make sure that uh we also show gratitude for those things yeah uh and dependability it's like a lot of these traits if if it, you don't do it once you know often people won't expect you they'll expect you to not do it the next time so like it brings out you know if if you're not dependable even that one time and and this again this is this affects friendships but it affects jobs it affects these are all traits that not only improve friendships but they improve just a person's life in general and and again it's and makes people happy too it's not just it's and it's not inflowing these are not inflowing things these are outflowing things but they they make you a person more successful make them happier and and have more friends and more uh wealth in their life whether it be monetary or just the the wealth of friendship and companionship right and a lot of this even gets back to what we were talking about earlier about organization and how happy it makes people uh just whenever we're called on to help somebody it usually is a time requirement a lot of time it does require our other resources and so if we're not prioritizing if we're running behind every day on getting the important things done first then it's a lot harder to actually come through when somebody asks for your help on a certain on a certain issue dependability it is important this is uh, from uh, right up at pcog.org how to deepen your friendships and uh, some points are given there. Acceptance, encouragement, disclosure, loyalty, honesty, dependability. And uh, we just touched on some of the highlights. There's a lot more to look at there. A lot of great examples and, and a lot of scriptures, too, that you can read and kind of uh, get the biblical perspective there as well. Uh, how to deepen your friendships. That's at PCOG.org. So uh, uh, then the question is... Uh, applying it, <laughs> putting it, <laughs> putting it to use. And, and it's just funny. I'm, I'm sure everybody, uh, that kind of goes through that, you know, in, in every area probably thinks, oh, I could improve in that. But then there are some areas that really stand out as being the harder ones. You know, I think every personality type probably has a little bit of a, uh, difference in terms of some of these would be a little easier and then some are going to be a little more of a struggle. That's definitely true. A lot of us, if we tend to be extremely introverted and quiet as it is, it probably won't be too difficult for us to avoid talking about other people <laughs> right. uh, because we don't talk much in the first place. Yeah. But for those of us who are really outgoing and really gregarious, it can be a lot more difficult to make sure that certain information stays private, for example. Yeah, that's true. So it's uh, And it's easy, too, to kind of look at some of these and think, well, you know, I, I can play it safe by not getting out there and, you know, I, I don't want to get in, in, in trouble for saying too much, so I just won't say anything. Which maybe to a point works, but but you have to get out and try and 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 put these things forward because uh, if you don't, then uh, you know you can kind of hide away from maybe some realities about growth that we need to see personally. Well, the honesty factor in that case would suffer because we just decide to always say nothing, even when something needs to be said. So different people have different advantages and disadvantages when it comes to applying these things just based on their personalities and their natural inclinations. 
So make sure you check that out. Also, uh, make sure you check out the Key of David program this weekend. Uh, coming up here in a little bit, uh, the Trumpet Daily Radio Show, Trumpet Hour Weekend Review program, and uh, Watch Jerusalem. Am I forgetting anything? I think I those are the main ones. So. The main new ones this weekend. Of. So lots, lots of... Uh, Lots of programming there to check out, so make sure that uh, you do that this weekend when you have a chance. That's all the time we have for this uh, weekend edition of Trumpet Radio Live. Thanks for joining us uh, today and this whole week. We really enjoyed being with you. For uh, Grant Turgeon and myself, Dwight Falk, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Trumpet Radio, 101.3 KPCG.